A couple of years ago, I was watching a documentary on TV and it was about a, a pilot who was flying his plane over a country. And the plane was a relatively small plane and, and he was flying over this, this country and he uh, all of a sudden encountered a cloud. And this pilot being an experienced pilot, you know, when he was sharing the story, he, he said that he's never seen a cloud uh, as big as the one that he was in the middle of. And it suddenly crept up on him while he was flying the plane. And this man was, was sharing this story as sort of like a testimony about what had happened in his life. And he said when he was, when he had encountered this cloud, he, it was too, uh, his engine, the power in his engine was, was too low for him to go above the cloud or he did not have enough time to go beneath the cloud or go around the cloud. So he decided to go through the cloud. And while he entered into the cloud, the cloud, he said the cloud was so dark that he could not even see a foot in front of him. The plane on the inside was lit up, but all around him was absolute darkness. And so he decided now there's nothing else that he could do but just allow the plane to go through whatever the cloud had. And so he begins to share some of the most terrifying moments of his life where he saw and experienced that death was close to him. He said the plane was so small it felt like the cloud was tossing him from side to side and was pulling him up and throwing him down. And in that moment, he did not know which side was north, which side was south, which side was east or west. He didn't know whether to fly in a particular direction or to, or to just you know, allow the wind to take him wherever it was taking him. He didn't know whether there was a mountain six feet in front of him or there was another plane around him or there was something around the cloud, uh, behind the cloud that he was going to crash into and he just in that moment just began to calm himself down. When fear began to creep on the inside of him, when darkness was all around him, this man testified that he began to calm himself down. He began to collect his breath, just calm his breath. And when all hope was lost, he thought he was going to die. He remembered his foundation teaching of flying. And in his foundation classes as a, as a pilot, they taught him that when you cannot see things, when things are not what they seem to be around you, when there's darkness around you, when you're caught in a cloud, when you're caught in a storm and you can't see anything in front of you, you need to rely on your compass. And he said the compass pointed in the direction that he was supposed to go. And so in the midst of the storm, all he did was he, he stirred the plane to point in the direction that he needed to go. And as he was going down that path, he, he came to the most difficult part of the cloud where there was lightning and there was rain and there was thunder and it felt like it was right around him. And all of a sudden, he saw a crack through the cloud and he saw light shining in the darkness. And he knew in that moment that the worst was over and that he was going to fly home in that moment. And as soon as he saw the light, there was something on the inside of him that really stirred up hope to live. But little did he know that he was quite far away according to his calculations. But this dark cloud had transported him in time and brought him closer to his destination. See, but we need to understand that this man in that very moment 
did not need all the high-tech gadgets around him, all the, the buttons and all of that stuff. He decided to look upon something that was so basic. It was a compass that had a magnet in it. And that compass pointed in the direction that he needed to go. Sometimes we, life is like that. Sometimes we, we experience these storms and, and we feel like that there's no hope. I can't see the future. I can't see with hope. I can't see. My life is so dark around, it, around me. There seems to be darkness all around me. There seems to be opposition all around me. There seems to be no hope. But in that moment, God has blessed us with a great compass. And that great compass, ladies and gentlemen, is our conscience. So we're going to start a new series on the conscience. And the title of the series is called The Great Compass. And we're going to understand what the conscience is. We're going to go deep into understanding it, understanding what this beautiful gift that God has given us. And we're going to really allow our hearts to grow and mature in the conscience. Our conscience functions very similarly to a compass on that plane. In times and seasons when things don't look like they should and we're being tested or tried or tossed around by the winds that we cannot control, like the compass in the plane, our conscience points us in the direction that we need to go. See, a compass is just a simple arrow that points towards north. But that arrow that points towards north sits on a magnet and it is the gravity of the earth that really gives direction to this compass. That compass can be 30,000 feet in the air, but it still is controlled by gravity. And gravity begins to tell that compass where it needs to go so that even though your eyes you, your mind cannot fathom what kind of a season you're in. Your mind cannot understand in order for you to make a decision in seasons when you can't see things around you. It's not familiar. It's completely new. It's a challenge that you've never had before. Guess what? Your conscience points you in the direction that God wants you to go. See, but you must understand that your conscience is like that arrow and the magnet is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit, the gravity is the power of God, the will of God for your life that is giving, that is leading you in a certain direction. And your compass right now, that magnet begins to give direction to the compass so that even though you don't see the road, even though you don't see, you, you seem to not have any hope, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Guess what? The compass, your conscience is pointing in the direction where God is saying is the light. And some of us may be experiencing the darkest season of our lives right now. Some of us may be experiencing that there is no hope. I've lost my job. I've lost, I don't know where my kids are. I, my family had to go back to their, to their home country. I'm still looking for a job. My, I've lost my business. There, there seems to be no direction, but I want to tell you there is something that God has blessed each one of us with. It's a gift called the conscience. And this conscience that is based on the Holy Spirit, that is based on the Word of God, really points us in the direction that God wants us to go. And the direction that God wants us to, do, to go is probably not around the cloud, not over and under the cloud, but probably through the cloud. Because in those moments where you can't see or understand every, anything, He wants you to just dial in. Be still. Allow the peace of God to enter into your heart and just look at your conscience. What is your conscience saying to you today? What is your conscience saying to you right now? Is your conscience condemning you? Is your conscience giving you hope? Is your conscience saying, hey, listen, tomorrow is a better day. Today there is weeping, but joy comes in 
the morning. Is he pointing in that direction or your, con- your, your compass is, is going all around the place and you can't depend on your conscience because of your value system or what you build your value system with. See, the, the word conscience is not a Old Testament word, which means the, it's, it's not a Jewish word. It's not a, it's not a Hebrew word that, that the Jewish people used a lot. They would always say the word heart, 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 because they couldn't define the conscience. But today I'm going to define the conscience in a really awesome way for you. So conscience as a word is, is actually a Greek word. It's actually a New Testament reality. And the disciples, most of them who wrote the Bible actually used the word conscience. And, and the conscience, there, in my opinion, there are three types of conscience or, or three levels of the conscience. And the first level is a general conscience. And, the, and this conscience is the conscience of every human being, every single person, whether you know God or you don't know God, every single person has a conscience. And this conscience is relatively built or, or developed on the Ten Commandments, do not kill, do not kill, do not steal, do not destroy, do not commit adultery, do not murder. You know, the, 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 that, that's just a general conscience that really keeps us on the straight and narrow. It keeps our morality in check. If you did not have that conscience, people would be doing things that is illegal. Even the law, the governments are really based on the Ten Commandments. Most of the laws in the world are based on the Ten Commandments. And so you have a general conscience. But then when people uh, start dialing in to a, 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 a supernatural God, they, they start dialing into uh, uh, having a sense of spirituality, that's when they get a religious conscience. And that religious conscience is a conscience that is really uh, formed or developed based on the law of Moses, that's developed on the on the laws. It's developed on the knowledge of good and evil. It's your conscience that that says, "Do this and do that. Don't do this. Do this. Don't do that. Do this." It's a, it's a raw. It's 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 based on the law of Moses, and this conscience is really always striving for righteousness. It's always striving. It's always telling you that you're not good enough. It's always telling you that everything that you're doing. It creates a false sense of of righteousness for a season. But then when you make a mistake, there's condemnation and your conscience condemns you and gets you to constantly work for something that God has already given to you for free. It's a religious conscience. But for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who are in the kingdom of God, you and I, have a new creation's conscience. And this conscience is not based on the Ten Commandments, although although that general conscience, the moral law and ethics really guide us and makes us, uh, enables us to really have some sort of a social life around people that we don't go walk up to people and just punch them in the face. You know, we have we have respect, we, are, we love people and we care for people and we, we empathize and sympathize with people. And so that's where that that conscience comes from but the new creation's conscience is a conscience that is a maturing conscience it's a conscience that is developed purely by the word of God this conscience the conscience of the new creation is really developed on the model called Christ see man when man was formed in the garden he was formed The model that God used was not Adam. The model that God used for mankind was Christ, was Jesus. He was in the beginning. He was the word in the beginning. And so you must understand the word, which is the spoken word, the will of God, the glory of God is Christ. And when you understand what Christ is, Christ is the spirit word. Jesus Christ is the spirit word that was made manifest in the flesh. He, the Spirit Word, the Word of God and the Spirit manifested into human flesh. You must understand that is Jesus Christ. But Christ is the Word of God. He's the Spirit Word. He is the anointed Word of God. And so the conscience of Christ is that is developed in the new creation because you have the mind of Christ, you have the Spirit of Christ and also now God is developing in us 
the conscience of Christ. He is maturing. This conscience is not something that is set in place. This is your conscience as, as, as a Christian is a maturing conscience. You mature not on the knowledge of good and evil, ladies and gentlemen. You don't mature based on human knowledge. You don't mature based on the wisdom of this world. You mature and develop based on the written, the spoken, and the revealed word of God. This is the conscience of the new creation. It, we, we live on progressive revelation. We don't live on, on rev, yesterday's revelation or, or year before last revelation. We are constantly taking revelation and we are progressing. Our conscience is maturing based on the revelation by the Holy Spirit in us. This I'm talking about personally. I'm not just talking about the church now. I'm talking about personally on the inside of you. The Greek word conscience is the word uh, synadesis, okay? And it's a combination of two words. It's the word syn, S-Y-N, not S-I-N, S-Y-N, which means together with, and ido, which means to know or see, okay? So when you combine it together, it, it is joint knowing. That's what synodis or the conscience means. So every single Christian on the, uh, on the inside of you, every single born again believer who has received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, on the inside of you, there's a joint knowing. There's a, there, it, so basically what it means is that your conscience joins the moral law and the, and the spiritual consciousness. So it, it joins, the, it com there's a combination of the spiritual consciousness and the moral consciousness that, that enables you to function according to Christ because you are born again, because you are a divine being. You need to now consider yourself according to your identity. You are a divine being. You're not just a human being anymore. You're a divine being. You are born of God, right? And so now we see that the one who is born of God is the one who has a conscience that is developed or matured by the word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So which means that, that, that there, there is the knowledge of Christ, there is the word of God, Okay, that is the standard now. So the Spirit brings that, that knowledge into you and it causes you and it sets the standard of morality for you. Not for everybody, just for you. Now I want you to go to John chapter 3 and we'll, we'll just read a couple of verses in there and I, and I really want to set this as a foundation before we get into deeper into uh, this series. Right, this is a familiar passage. I've preached on it, but I want to show you something beautiful here. Verse 1 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Okay, you must understand. Jesus pretty much knew who he was. God wasn't with him. He was God. So this teacher comes to him now. He's not acknowledging him as God. You must understand. He's not acknowledging him as God. There is a portion in the, in the Gospels when Jesus started doing these miracles for, you know, and there's great news started going around about him and people started following him. But they followed him because they thought a man was doing these miracles. The same thing with this rabbi. He came to Jesus because he thought a man, God is with this man. He must be a prophet. God is with this man and there must be something about this guy. Let me go and find out. And people started following this man because they of the miracle signs and wonders that Jesus did. But the Bible says, if you read it carefully, the Bible says that Jesus did not commit himself to the people because he knew the heart of men. See, the heart of men, that term over there means he knows their conscience. 
their conscience, their mind, their heart is, is basically, they run after another man, but they don't want to acknowledge that man was God. They wanted to acknowledge that man as another man, who God was with, but they never acknowledged Jesus as the son of God, a divine being. Come on now. It was a divine being, fully God, fully man. And so now he comes here and Jesus in verse 3 says this to him. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There's that word see. You remember the plane? It was dark all around. The way you get to see the kingdom of God is if you are born again. Born again means, it's foundational, but born again means that you are born from above. You're not born from the earth, you're born from heaven. You're, you're born of a spiritual kingdom, not an earthly kingdom, not according to man, but according to the seed of God. If you are born again today, you must, you must celebrate because you are a child of God. Child of God means you are born of God. There is one son who is the son and the rest of us are sons in the kingdom of God. He is the only son. But from him came many sons in the kingdom of God. You must understand that. I'm not saying that you are God, you and I are God, but we are God-like. We are Godlings. We're children of God. There is a divine aspect to you and me that you need to really, you need to embrace it, church. You need to embrace it. Stop living below the standard of divinity. You've got to live according to a higher standard that of divinity that God gives to us. It's a gift, gift of grace. And so Jesus says, most assuredly, I say, most assuredly, which means he's guaranteeing. He's saying to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born again, born from above. Born again means that the spiritual seed came from God and the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus now, how he was conceived in the womb of Mary, the spiritual seed comes into Mary when you say, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Now the Holy Spirit takes that seed and begins to impregnate you. He, there is a, there's something awesome that happens on the inside of you. You get saved. There is a going from a physical dimension into a spiritual dimension. There's, there's, a, there's an ascending that takes place into, your, into, into this dimension because... That's where God is from. God is not from the earth. God is from above. He is, he is in a dimension. He is a realm of his own. And when we get saved, when we receive the word of God and we say, yes, Lord, we believe, we believe you. And he, he, when that word goes into our heart, he pulls us from the, uh, an earthly dimension into, spirit, into a spiritual dimension. And so that's what Jesus is saying. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you are born from above, living on the earth, but born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God, which means your compass is not now your compass. Before you got saved, your compass used to point to the earth. It used to point to humanity. It used to point to the knowledge of good and evil. It used to point to the worldly wisdom. It used to, it used to point to judgment according to the knowledge of good and evil. But the day you got saved, the day you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, my God, that compass shifted and it always points in the direction of God. So the conscience of a man or a woman is, is developed by the spirit bringing the word alive on the inside of you. I'm going to go deeper into this right now. But then Nicodemus said to him, how can, now he's, he's, he's thinking with earthly wisdom now, how can a man be born when he is old? Duh. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, again, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now listen to this. That 
which is born of the flesh is flesh. Keep in mind, we're talking about the conscience now. And he's saying that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So which means if you are in church, this is a spiritual setting. This is the place where you and God actually have an encounter with one another where God now begins, is giving you his seed. Before you got saved, your mind was living of the seed of flesh, fleshy seed, fleshy things going into your mind. And your conscience was formed or developed according to the flesh. But when you got saved, you got saved. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that, oh shucks, I I have to go back into my mother's womb. No, you don't go back into your past, but you actually are propelled into the future by the seed that you receive. That seed comes on the inside of your mind. It comes onto your conscience and then your conscience now begins to be developed. It's matured and the conscience now pushes that seed into your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind gets awakened in a certain area and then all of a sudden now your mind is quickened and you are born again in that area. If it was smoking, you, you receive a word about smoking, uh, about God's holiness in your mind and then boom, you, all of a sudden now, yesterday you thought it was good to smoke, today you just don't even feel it because your conscience was matured. Come on church, I hope you understand what I'm saying. There's, a, there's something that happens to you and me when we receive the word of God. We receive seed on the inside of us and the Holy Spirit now comes and he quickens that area of our mind. He quickens, he gives life to our conscience. He matures the conscience and now the conscience now speaks to your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind begins to quicken. It begins to release that area and then it gets quickened, light comes into you and now that area gets born again. You enter into the dimension of the spirit. This is why your conscience after that moment, when you get saved in that area, after that moment, the conscience only points towards God. It doesn't point to the world. So that's why renewing of the mind is so powerful. But I want to say this. Jesus says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So which means as a Christian, as a born again believer, you have a choice now to allow yourself to listen to what man has to say. You have a choice now to submit yourself to fear, intimidation, anxiety, dark clouds, being tossed by the wind, the economy, job loss, job insecurities, whatever it is that you want to, that that happens in this world that is common to common people. If you allow yourself to feed, feed yourself on that knowledge, feed yourself on what people are saying that God is not saying. If you feed on that, you only reproduce flesh, more fleshy. You become more fleshy, you become more fearful You because your conscience is telling you to be fearful. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to quicken the word on the inside of you, to mature your conscience, guess what? Your conscience now begins to rescue you out of darkness into light in every area of your subconscious reality. Then he goes on to say, verse 7, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Here he goes. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. Here we go now. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Which means the kingdom, the dimension of the kingdom, the spirit realm doesn't function according to the reality of the earth. It doesn't function according to the wisdom of this world. The world might say, brother, sow and reap. There is a season for sowing, there's a season for reaping. Between the season of sowing and reaping, we'll pray for the rain. And if the rain doesn't come, then we don't know what to do. 
but in the kingdom if you read the scripture if you if you read the scripture about how god blesses a harvest isaac sowed and reaped in the same season but not a but he reaped a hundredfold in the same season come on now why did that happen is because his conscience was mature his conscience was so mature that whatever he sowed carried the life seed whatever he sowed how many of us have sowed into the kingdom of god and we're still sowing expecting a harvest but what if i told you that if your conscience was mature that you can sow and reap in the same season which means in the season of sowing you're reaping and jesus is saying this if you are born of the spirit if your conscience is matured by the spirit of god he's saying you the world will not figure you out because your compass doesn't point to the earth your compass doesn't point to the nat- the, the natural ways of doing things your compass points to heaven when you're in the kingdom of god your conscience has to be there is an assurance that your conscience has because the gravity that pulls the conscience is not the gravity of the earth but it's the gravity of heaven and that gravity of heaven ladies and gentlemen begins to give the holy spirit direction and the holy spirit begins to speak to the conscience and begins to tell it okay listen the whole world is going in that direction but i have prepared for people in life church global to go in this direction don't look at what is happening in the world today because fix your eyes on the spirit keep your eyes on the kingdom of god if you are born again and you're receiving this word into your heart guess what your conscience is being matured right now and as your conscience is being matured every every chain that held you back in the world everything that held you back every fear that held you back every anxiety that held you back is being broken loose right now because the holy spirit is is like a wind he blows where he wants to go he goes and the world cannot figure it out because we live and function by the word the proceeding word of god man shall not live by bread alone bread is good ladies and gentlemen but bread alone is not what we live on but we live on the word the progressive living word of god and the living word of god is really what develops our conscience it's this moral compass that tells us hey listen it's a spiritual compass on the inside of us that says hey listen god wants you to go in this direction god doesn't want you to leave the uae god wants you to stay here he wants you to remain in peace he doesn't want you to fly around and and throw your cv in every which company he wants you to stay he wants to lead you he wants to be the one that holds you by your hand and takes you when the wind is blowing in another direction god wants to do the totally opposite thing for you but will you trust him See if your conscience is based on Christ Christ trusted his father so much that even if it was the cross he went to it That's a mature conscience In fact he knew that his father wanted him to go to the cross And he said hey listen nothing is going to distract me There's a portion in the in in the in the gospels where Jesus one day he said he set his face towards Jerusalem and the bible says that he sent his messengers before his face those were that those messengers are not people but that those were messengers over there is actually angels he had his angels that went and prepared his way for him to go to Jerusalem to get crucified that is how focused this man was my goodness that is the same conscience that god is developing on the inside of you and me it's powerful church i want to give you an example from my life about a conscience you know i've grown up in the church and and i've experienced practically church all my life but there was something in me that told me that the world was more attractive than the kingdom of god and so when i when i reached my college age 
you must understand now I've been a Christian for almost 18 19 years of my life and in that during that season I had a weak conscience and when I went to college and I and I started hanging out with these 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 group of people I I they would smoke and they would swear all the time and to fit in I thought it was cool to smoke and swear because that's what everybody did that's normal that's what the everybody in college did then so i didn't want to stick out like a sore thumb so i just kind of wanted to fit in because we had moved from one city to another city and this was a new place i needed some friends and and these were the only guys who were willing to hang out with a newbie and so to fit in with them i started doing what they were doing you see because i had a weak conscience that weak conscience did not tell me that smoking and swearing was bad i thought it was okay and i didn't feel really i didn't feel guilty i didn't feel condemned i didn't feel like i was doing anything wrong because of a weak conscience but then over over a period of time there was nothing about my friends they just became some of the best some of my best friends and they're still my friends today and 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 we i didn't feel like oh shucks you know i'm i'm religious I I I cannot I cannot do what you're doing. I cannot hang out with you just because you know, you know I I'm holier than you are and you know we couldn't do that stuff. And but there's something that happened to me when I started pursuing God and God started pursuing me and I felt I knew I had a call over my life. I knew God wanted to do something in my life in his kingdom. And so I, when I started pursuing God, I I started developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit started revealing to me through he started revealing God's holiness to me through his word and when i started understanding God's holiness that God is holy he doesn't demand holiness from us he gives us holiness when i when i understood that holiness was a grace gift that no matter what i did no matter what i said i will always remain holy it formed in me it matured my conscience to not do what the world was doing because i loved god so much that i only saw him and i did not see that smoking and drinking was bad i hope you understand where i'm going see the problem is that we smoke and swear and we drink and we do all these things because somebody said that it was bad but i want to address this right now what if your conscience was clean What if your conscience was what was was developed or matured into holiness that you did not define it according to the knowledge of good and evil It wouldn't be a problem it wouldn't be an attraction And so for me when I when in in these young days in the teenage years of my life I quickly came out of this one day I thought smoking was cool and the next day There was no feeling. Something happened that night. What happened that night was I got a revelation of the holiness of God. And when I got a revelation of the holiness of God, God removed the knowledge of good and evil when it came to smoking and drinking and swearing. And when he did that, I it did not it wasn't even attractive. The knowledge of good and evil forms your conscience based on good and that is good that is bad that is good that is evil don't do that if you do that it's good and good things will happen to you see the, the whole karma thing is based on that it's the knowledge of good and evil if you do good to the universe the universe will do good to you see conscience is not a new age term ladies and gentlemen but today i really believe that as a church we're going to we're going to be forerunners in this revelation of conscience especially here in the middle east we're going to be forerunners we're going to take this revelation forward because i really believe it is going to set people free we're going to step into the goodness of god and we're going to experience the goodness of god that causes us to give up habits without even trying hard and that's really what we really need to step into we need to ask god god mature my conscience in this area god i know something in me tells me that that smoking is bad something in me tells me swearing is bad something in me is telling me that pornography is bad god i ask you to mature my conscience that it is not even attractive that it doesn't become attractive to me
Mature my conscience with your holiness, with your love, with hope, with joy, with Jesus Christ himself so that I, I have this desire to be more like Christ and less like the world. When you step into that place, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal Christ to you. He begins to reveal holiness to you. He begins to reveal the love of God, the goodness of God to you. And let me tell you something. When you are born again, you begin to see the kingdom of God. You begin to see God as He is. And He is the most attractive being in all of creation. You get mesmerized by Him. Your conscience is so formed with Christ that nothing else is attractive. You don't see the world because your compass is constantly focused on heaven. When you can't see what is happening in the world, oh, the economy is bad, brother. The economy is like this. Oh, this is what's happening. That's what's happening. Guess what? You sound like you have no hope. Guess where your compass is pointing? The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's where your compass is pointing. But if you have the conscience of Christ, you live with hope, joy for another day. You, that compass begins to point with my God is a God of the impossible. Even when I'm in the darkest of darkest moments right now, where I am the most insecure, I don't feel like I, I can experience His presence. I don't know what is happening in my life. It's in that moment that the compass, if you can only look into you, the compass will point to Christ. Christ in me, not outside of me. Christ in me is the hope of glory. I want you to go to Romans uh, chapter 9. I just want to read one verse for us. I really seal the deal right now. Paul says this, I tell the truth in Christ. Guess <laughs> That's awesome in itself. I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. He's saying this in normal English. He's saying, listen, my conscience, I'm telling you the truth. My conscience bears witness in the Holy Spirit, which means my, my conscience, the Holy Spirit knows that I'm telling you the truth. The Holy Spirit and my conscience have conversations without my permission without my knowledge, without my control. My conscience seems to be having a conversation with God when I don't know it's having a conversation with God. And guess what? It knows everything. Every single thought that goes through your mind goes through the conscience. And your conscience is the snitch. You thought you, all your secrets were a secret. Guess what? You've got an undercover agent on the inside of you that is leaking all the details. We don't need paparazzi here. <laughs> You've got a snitch on the inside. And that conscience, my goodness, he testifies. He's a witness. If you want to hear God speak to you, and this is where people really struggle. How do I hear God's voice? How do I hear God's voice? How? I'm going to tell you now. The conscience and the Holy Spirit talk to one another. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit knows everything that happens in the mind of God, in the mind of Christ, the deep things of God and He takes those deep things and He reveals it to us. Guess who He talks to when He's revealing these things? It's your compass. He talks to the conscience. He talks, he speaks, he, he develops the conscience, he matures the conscience. When you receive revelation today, you're not just listening, your mind is not processing it. It's too, your mind is already gone all over the place. But guess what? There's something on the inside of you that is picking up every single word. You're writing and you've lost your notes. You forgot where you were in the message. But guess what? 
Someone was listening to every word intently. There was an intention on the inside of the conscience. My goodness, I'm receiving food for myself. And he begins to receive revelation from the Holy Spirit every single day. He receives revelation, revelation. And guess what? Now the conscience begins to teach your subconscious mind. And he quickens the subconscious mind. And now everything that was in the subconscious that was controlling your life, like smoking, drinking, you don't, you don't, you don't wake up wanting to commit crime, but somehow you made, you did commit a crime. Somehow you didn't wake up saying, okay, I'm going to smoke today. Today I'm going to lie. Today I'm going to swear, man. Who does that? Nobody does that. Nobody does that. But somehow in the day, because your subconscious mind is in, so in control of your life that you end up doing these things, these habits, most habits that, that were conscious have entered into the subconscious realm and people are trying 21 days to kick a habit. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you can kick that habit for six months and then it comes back as strong as it was even before. But let me tell you something. When your conscience is matured on the inside of you in the word of God, with the word of God, with the revelation, the values of the kingdom, you have to kick a habit. That habit doesn't exist because the habit that was in the subconscious realm that was hidden, the Holy Spirit now sheds the light with the seed of the word of God. He gives it, he quickens the seed and that seed now begins to, he begins to give light in that area and your subconscious comes alive and that area now begins to get exposed in the light of God. And when it gets exposed in the light of God, guess what? That habit which was so powerful now suddenly seems so weak. And you seem to be so strong compared to it. Your will, your subconscious, your will is dependent on the conscience, ladies and gentlemen. The conscience begins to now give instruction to your mind, your will and your emotions to now, when you look at a woman walking on the street, now there's nothing happening. When you see that guy in the club that you always used to be like, oh my God, look at that guy. And you're trying to follow him on Instagram and you know, you're trying to like all his pictures so that he likes you. But guess what? When your conscience is formed in, into Christ, the only thing that becomes attractive in men and women is Christ. It kicks you out of that habit. It's a mature conscience. See, I'm speaking to people today who were struggling in these areas. That's why I'm bringing these, these examples to you so that, so that you understand how easy it is for you to come out of things that you were struggling to kick. Today you are a drug addict, tomorrow drugs, there's not even cold turkey, nothing. Because your conscience is, is strong, is mature, it's a mature conscience. These things don't become attractive anymore. And so Paul says, I'm not lying guys. My conscience also bears witness in the Holy Spirit. He bears witness. Everything that I say, everything that I say, what I tell my life coach because I didn't come for life group this week, all those things. Guess what? The Holy Spirit knows those things. God knows what you're doing. But if your conscience gets matured, Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. You don't have to give a reason why you say no. Just say no. Or just say yes. That's the language of the kingdom. I want you quickly now to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 2 says this, You are an epistle written on our hearts, known and read by men. Hello. You're an epistle in our hearts, known and read by men. So which means if I am your pastor, if Kelsey and I are your pastors and we're equipping you with the word of God, guess what? You are every single testimony, every single thing that you do in your life is you're an epistle in our hearts that everybody now begins to read our hearts and they read your life stories 
and they give God glory. Praise Jesus. Read by all men, verse 3. Clearly, you are an epistle or a letter of Christ. We're talking about the conscience, remember? We're talking about a conscience. Now that conscience, when the Holy Spirit begins to write on that conscience, he, he writes Christ on that conscience. And now Christ becomes the letter that everybody around you, guess now what? That snitch now that was only snitching to the Holy Spirit, guess what now? He's, he's in you. Everywhere you go, everybody can read the letter. Hello. That's what's happening here. He says, clearly, you can't hide. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, we're divine beings. We can't hide. All of creation is looking to you and me. Clearly, you're in an episode of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh that is the heart. So in our heart, there's a faculty called the conscience. In your soul, the conscience, ladies and gentlemen, is the spirit of the soul, if I can say that. It's the, it's the faculty that decides what is right or wrong if you, are, if you have a general conscience. If you have a religious conscience, what is, what, what is right or wrong over there? But when you have Christ's conscience, there is no right or wrong. There is no good or evil. There is only Christ. This is powerful and this is something that you must embrace. Even if you don't understand it today, allow your conscience to be matured in it. Christ is not right or wrong. Christ is not good or evil. Christ is God. And he's saying the spirit now, the ministry of the spirit is that he takes what is of God and begins to write it on your conscience. And when he writes it on your conscience, your conscience now begins to receive, a big, because you're a, a, a two-dimension being, you're, 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 you're a spirit being having a human experience. You're not a human being having a spiritual experience. The new creation in Christ is a spirit being primarily having or going through a human experience. And so because of that, you're, di you're, you're, you're multidimensional now. You're in heaven, you're a spirit being, and you are on the earth having a human body. And so because of that, the Holy Spirit begins to write on your conscience, Christ. He begins to mature your conscience into Christ. And now Christ becomes the standard of living. Listen to me very carefully, parents. Christ is the standard of living. Which means you don't set the standard of morality for your children according to the knowledge of good or evil or your traditions or your past or where you come from. As a new creation, your responsibility to your children is to set the standard of morality called Christ. Christ is the standard of morality. And until you understand what we need to do as parents for our children is first we need to allow the word of God to develop our conscience, to mature our conscience before we religiously try to tell them, go read your Bible. When you don't read your Bible yourself. We tell our children, go and worship. Leaders in the church say, hey, go and worship. Spend time with God. Do you spend time with God? We're constantly trying to enforce a, 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 a academic knowledge of spirituality when it is not even a reality to us as itself. We're trying to enforce it so that because we know that is good for you. Hello, it was, if it's good for them, would you not eat it? Come on now. If food, certain food was good for kids, why don't you eat it? See, the food in the olden days, you know, Kelsey used to share this example with me about her, her, her aunt who was, such a, who was such a beautiful human being. In the islands, when she was a baby, when she did not have her beautiful teeth that she has now, 
her aunt her mother's sister used to take taro which was a vegetable and meat and she used to mash it in her mouth bite it and mash it in her mouth and then feed her that's how she grew up eating from the mouth of her aunt so which means if something was good for the aunt it was good for kelsey but somehow in church and christianity one standard exists for pastoral people one standard exists for the leadership team one standard exists for congregation members one standard exists for congregation members who are in the world one standard exists we have these different standards of a weak conscience but i want to encourage every single one watching today it is not about whether the catholic church is right or this religion is right or that is right or wrong or the brother brother in revelation or the matomites it has nothing to do with religion let's move that aside what matters at the end of the day is are you a child of god do you believe jesus is your lord and savior because if he is he as soon as you received him as lord and savior he begins to mature your conscience why because he needs you to be christ on the earth and the only way that you can be christ on the earth is if your conscience is matured into christ christ conscience it's matured into the word the spirit word of god and so today i want to encourage you church I want to encourage you that no matter what season you're going through no matter what it looks like there's a compass on the inside of you and you need to stop for a moment this week stop for a moment and look at your compass don't try to look at what is happening in the world don't check the news check what's new in your conscience where where is your conscience pointing is it pointing north south east or west that's not on the tv that's on the inside of you See we agree run to the news because we want to know where's the compass pointing what's happening in the world but if you and I only understand that we're not of this world our compass points not even to north it points to heaven it points to the realm that is God and I want to encourage every single person if you are in our church you are a free agent of heaven you're free you don't come under the condemnation of your parents you don't come under the 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 fear tactics and intimidation of parents or your bosses or 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 any any person who is in authority over you you're free you're free according to the level of maturity in your conscience a mature conscience does not condemn a weaker conscience we're going to get into some good stuff in the coming weeks get your heart ready prepare your heart before you come to church next week because we're going to get into some awesome stuff and i'm telling you it will set us free it is we're cleaning house right now we're cleaning the heart right now because god is preparing us for a phenomenal march but you have to understand that we have to look inside us right now we've got to look inside us hey don't allow the standard that people live in their lives be your standard don't allow their standard to be a, a a condemnation to you let your standard be set by god himself if god tells you don't drink don't drink if god tells you don't smoke don't smoke but ask the lord to really mature your conscience and and people sometimes religion when god tells people to not smoke or drink or or do whatever hang out with that person or don't do this or don't do that the religion in you will look at other people and you'll say man god is angry with you you know he doesn't like that how do you know he told me no man he told you because he doesn't want you to do it because your conscience is weak in that area don't look at other people and point the finger look at your conscience and open your eyes jesus says open your eyes and see where does your conscience point if your conscience is pointing to christ then be christ be as christ is be full of love joy peace 
You don't have to give people a reason why you are joyful. You don't have to tell them why you laugh and you're so full of joy. You don't have to tell them. You don't have to impress people. You're free. Free. Don't live in fear of man. You're free. I just want to bless you. You're free right now. So today, church, I want to encourage you. This message is just the foundation. Next week, we're going to get deeper and it's going to be awesome. I can just tell. But I want to bless you. I want to declare God's love upon you. Kelsey and I love you deeply and we can't wait to see you in person. We can't wait to hug you. We can't wait to hold you. We can't wait to, to celebrate life with you. March is going to be a good month. So we're going to bless you. We declare this week is going to be a week where you will experience your conscience being matured into Christ. Look at your great compass. It's on the inside of you. Bless you.